Welcome to the Real Voices Podcast, where we explore the personal journeys of real estate professionals through their own unique challenges and successes. Real Voices is brought to you by Equitable Title and Escrow, providing a better approach to title and escrow through team support and innovative services. Welcome, welcome to another great episode. This week, we're recapping some of the stories and advice we received of 2021. Our first segment is from episode four, Oswald Nikigiriyama. Uh, like I said, I was worked. For me, I never had a difficult finding a job because for me, I never take a no as an answer. Um, I mean, I will get no, of course, everybody gets no. But when I go, when, I, when you say no, I'm looking for the one yes. Because one, the one thing I realized in life is this, don't take failures from other people. If people fail, it doesn't mean you can fail too. Don't let people determine where you can, why you can be, where you can go, what you can achieve. So don't let anybody determine that. You determine that for yourself. That was one. Number two, don't be stingy or don't be selfish. That means if you have an idea, sometimes those ideas are not for you. They're for somebody else to fulfill, but they came to you so you can tell that person. So everybody, my, my vision, my dream is for everybody to become rich. Why do I say that? Um, rich for you may be like $10 million. Rich for me may be $50, right? right. It doesn't matter. Like, but rich like to a place where you feel like I fulfill my, 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 my life. So to me, being rich and being successful, it's like breathing air. Like if I'm breathing the same air, it's not preventing you from breathing it. Right. So it is actually better for more people to be successful because we can make better changes right. in life. Up next is episode 15 and Lynn Spallen. When I lived in New York, I used to close for four or five different title companies. And I was the only closer um, that would go into Manhattan to do closings. Why is that? Because a lot of people from Long Island didn't want to make that trip okay. in, but um, the money was really good, so I did it. And um, one of the owners of one of the companies called me one day and he said, Lynn, he said, I want you to do this closing, but I have to warn you, it's a very high profile figure. Okay. So I said, okay. So I said, actress, singer, he goes, no mafia. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so um, I went in and not knowing who it was, and um, it turned out to be one of the highest mafia figures in wow. New York. Wow. So probably nationally too. Wow. So. How did you get through that? Were you feeling like you were on oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> when I found out who it was, I was so nervous. Wow. Um, yeah, but um, it all worked out. And then um, at the end, um, he asked me, you know, if, if I was taking the train back home to Long Island. And I said, yes. And he said, well, my, I'll have my driver take you to Penn Station. I said, no, that's okay, I'll walk. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, no. He said, my driver will take you. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Like, yeah, okay. so that was a little nerve-wracking, but other than <laughs> that, yeah. You made it, right? You're I did. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Next we have Ali Alsada, episode 34. I wish I read this book when I first came um, when I first came to real estate, and it's, the book name is To Sell is Human uh, by Daniel Pink. Um, what he does is just like he breaks things into science. Like when your child comes to you and trying to convince you, hey, I need a 70-inch TV so I can do my homework <laughs> efficiently, you know, like, okay. You know. <laughs> 
That's part of negotiation because they know they're hitting a point you probably not negotiate or you not say no to, which is the study. Right. You know, and um, so that's what I really uh, like about this book because for real estate agents, definitely need to understand like how to overcome. There's just so many factors like how to overcome objection, how to sell, like because we asking for people to pay us top price, you know, for mm -hmm. compensation or mm -hmm. commission. Um, so now you've got to learn how to sell that. Like, why? what's your value? Does Are you worth the 6% you're asking for, you know, the seller to pay? Up next we have Woody Livingston in episode 52. It is interesting. Um, I've, I've met a lot of people that just say, you know, houses, and mostly people that have been around the block a little bit with me, uh, that say, you know, houses are so expensive right now. I'm going to wait. I, I just need to wait until, you know, the prices come down. Well, 15 years ago, nobody thought that way, right? Because right? N- nobody had ever seen prices come down. Then we had that, you know, tumble. Right. Well, I'm old enough again. I remember 1990, you know, and we had a little thing called the savings and loan mm-hmm. crisis, and things went down. So things do go up and down. But but trying to help people understand now, again, because you care about them, right. um, that there's a lot of forces in, in play right there, right now. And interest li- rates are really low. Um, tons and tons of people are moving to Arizona. There's tons of demand for housing. And guess what? I think everybody that pays attention to anything knows that inflation is either solidly here right now mm-hmm. or coming. And the cost of everything that goes into building that house is not going to go down. Right, right. So you have the chance to lock in your housing costs for 30 years um, pretty pretty well right. and you know have that part of your life be secure. Mm-hmm. You probably ought to think about doing it. You know, right. Make sure you're in the place that you want to be for the next X amount of time. And it's probably more urgent now that they do that than it has been in many years. Up next is Hector Sapici, episode 24. I had this misconception before I became a realtor that it was a simple thing. Okay. Yeah, you just go to school, just take the 90 hours, you'll be fine, and you don't have a clue of what you're doing. It's pretty much just like anything else that requires some kind of a license or something that people tell you, ah, oh, uh, eight weeks, and you, it's not like that at all. It's, uh, it's something that demands some respect. You have to know what you're doing to represent people. And um, I didn't know that until I got into it, and my, my respect for realtors in general grew a hundredfold after I went through it myself. Any discipline, especially when it comes to realty or home inspections and things of like that, where you, what you say really matters, and you can hurt somebody with hundreds of thousands of dollars and pretty much ruin their life. So, um, yeah, you have, to, you have to really know where you belong in that so that if you don't start at the bottom, you'll never grow. The next segment is from episode five, Karina Garcia. Coming here to the United States was, man, it's like, it's another chapter on a diff- same book, but it changes everything in you. There's more pressure here. They're here to succeed. You're here to, to make up. it happen. Right. Yes, I, 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 can, I, I, I know that there's more expectations of you. And, and why not? Why not? You're living in America. Like, who gets the chance just to come here and make it happen? And if you do get the chance, like, take it and run with it and take it all the way. I 
heard once that somebody said being poor is a sin. And I said, being poor is a sin, but why? So the context of this was, it's because they say that when you have something, we all have something to offer. Mm-hmm. But when you make sure that you go and offer all of that that you have, you will not be poor. You know what I'm saying? So when, if you're poor, it's because you're not really giving all of yourself. So that to me, oh, it clicked. I said, okay, so I get it. Now you can't just go around saying, you know, important is a sin. It's not a sin. And you got to get the whole context uh, of the story. But to me, that, that it kind of represented too, when you come to the United States, you change your mentality, not only, you know, being poor of money-wise, but you got to give this, like, American way is, like, very generous, mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's my experience again. You know, people, uh, my community, so generous, and, and that's what I am trying to repeat and go around and give, and, and, and so I, it can grow, it can grow, you know? Our next guest is from episode 55, Captain Jarrett Slater. To your point to the new agents, it all starts with, with getting out of bed, man. Like, you, you got to get up, and you, you, you've got to get going. As real estate agents, we have the luxury of setting our own schedule, but that can also be to your detriment. If you sleep until 10 or 11 every morning, you're going to miss three, four solid hours of of awesome lead generation. Because once everybody else is up, you need to be on the phones talking to people. But before they get up, that's when you need to handle your business. You know what I mean? Get get yourself in check. You know, I'm a a to-do list guy by trade. Every every morning I make to-do lists. Okay. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more satisfying than putting a little X on that box, man. Right. It feels good. And not just real estate, but every successful person will tell you, once you master the mind, you can achieve success. You're, you're Absolutely. in your own way. It's not, there's no such thing as competition. You're your own competition. You are. Well, makes sense. Makes you, sense. You know, that's the way it is. Up next, we'll be hearing from Bobby Lieb, episode 29. The people today... Having a mentor is the most important thing, and not just for a year or two. You're not going to make a lot. I mean, everybody thinks they can get rich quick in this business, and it's a great career, but you have to have the fundamentals to know what you're doing. And I just feel a lot of them feel like they can, they learn, the school taught them you can make a million dollars right away because that's what the school is supposed to do because you're paying your tuition there. But it doesn't work that way. In the real world, you make a relationship with agents. And more importantly, you got to have somebody that's a good teacher. I mean, I used to go in people's cars when I first started. We'd go on tours, absorb all the, the, the really good, good agents. I'd, I'd pick good and bad traits that I think that we're great about. Um, and there's a reason why they were successful, otherwise other ones weren't. But I think you learn from the people that are better than you. And I always surrounded myself with the better agents. And my mentor was the best in the business and just taught me a lot. The mentor thing to me is probably the most important thing if you want to be long-term to start off with the good fundamentals and learning the business and not learn by your mistakes. Because if you screw up, there's a lot of you know, lawyers in our business that, and it's just not something that it's, you know, you, you gotta know what you're doing. And here we have episode 14 with Kurt Clock. There's, there's kind of a misconception about what is inspected and what's not. People, they look at this home and they go, this is what I'm buying and I want someone to do all the ins and outs. But what sometimes people forget is that if you're an agent and I'm the inspector and, and there's, there's a client, like none of us own that house. So we're actually not allowed really to do anything except conceptually put your hands behind your back, 
and kind of look around. I had a beer with a realtor three, four years ago. He had a whole list of questions, kind of funny. And he said, well, if I was going to buy another house, I would want a plumber, an electrician, and a roofer, an environmental, and a structural. And I go, well, yeah, but that would cost you $3,500. So the common misconception is that the home inspector is actually doing electrical, plumbing, and we're doing a completely in-depth inspection on every single one of those. Uh, and we're not. What we're there to do is we're there to go, hey, instead of you hiring all 11 of those people, we're here to tell you that nine of those areas are fine, and here's the two you do want to hire. And yes, the plumber goes deeper than where we go, and the environmental goes deeper than where the home inspector went. I guess the best way to simplify that is to say that we're the, really the beginning of your due diligence, not the end of your due diligence when you're looking to buy the house. You may have to bring in a roofer, a plumber, an environmental person. So that would be, that's the short answer. Our next guest is from episode 51, Dalton Osmansky. You know, people don't, they think their house is an asset in the beginning, which it's really a giant liability because it's not producing any, any income for you. And it's guaranteed to be there for the next 30 years, you know, 25 years, whatever the mortgage is. And if they refinance, even longer. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in high school, just totally changed my, my life, you know, put words into like what I was thinking and feeling. And so house hacking is kind of... Um, using your house as a way to invest. Um, so one way could do, you know, one way you could do it is, you know, live in the house, improve it. So you know, if it's a little outdated, you know, upgrade the kitchen, upgrade the flooring, you know, do some of the work yourself, or you can hire somebody too. But while you're living in it, you know, kind of improve it because then you're getting the value up. And then one day when you sell, you know, if you wait two years, you know, you're going to pay zero tax on it because of the tax laws. Um, or you know, you can basically put 5% down, you know, let's say that's how much it takes to get into a house at this time. Um, you know, you put 5% down, you move out in a couple of years, now you have your first rental property and only have 5% down. So there's a, a ton of ways to like house hack. I mean, it's either, you know, buying a house as well, getting some roommates, you know, somebody's paying your rent, you're still, you know, improving the house. I mean, there's so many, so many ways that you can really do it. And so I've even seen people, you know, uh, rent out the other rooms on Airbnb, right. and so it can be really creative, and it's just basically trying to offset that big liability in your life so that you can use your money to get closer to financial freedom. Our next guest is from episode 30, Samantha Wynn. Whatever you do in life in your job, you have to have purpose, and I already know what my purpose is. It's not everybody's out to go to work, make a living, and I know that that's what we're all here for, right? But along the way, the what you do, you have to have purpose in what you're doing. And, and having integrity in what you do, that will always make you strive and be successful. And now we'll be hearing from Viviana Lucira, episode 12. There's lots and lots of families that I've told them, you know, you can buy a home. You just need a little help and a little push and a little guidance. The guidance is the biggest, strongest thing for that person because if they have no knowledge of where to start and you're, you can guide them through the process, that's all they need is a little guidance. Everybody can purchase a home. It's just a matter of when. I like that. Everybody. I yes, like it. everybody. It's just a matter of when you can buy it. They just need that little guidance and the security that they can do it. Up next is episode 22 with Tina Valiant. I think that women are in a place in their lives where we tend to blame other people for the circumstances that are in our life. And we tend to put ourselves in this societal box of, 
when we get married, we're supposed to leave all of our dreams and aspirations aside because our job is to take care of our husband and our children. And if you think about it, every fairy tale that we've ever watched is exactly that story. He rides in on a white horse, saves the princess, takes her back to his castle where they're gonna live happily ever after and she leaves all of her friends and all of her family. We don't think about that that's what we've been taught since birth, but that is the reality. So here's what I found in relationships between men and women. Men come to me and they say to me, I don't know what happened to the woman that I fell in love with. You know, I, I realize like, you know, she's taking care of the kids now, she's taking care of me, she's taking care of the house, but she seems so mad at me. And I don't understand why. I don't understand where all of her dreams and aspirations went. And then on the flip side, I have these women are like, he made me give up everything and he made me do this and he made me do that. And the reality of it is we chose our roles. When the day we got married, we made an agreement with ourselves and them in our mind that we were going to give everything up so that we could be everything that society expected us to be. But it was a choice we made ourselves. So why are we so mad at him? And next is... Camilla Timu in episode 44. Something that you stand on, something that you preach to yourself and to others all the time, what would that, what would that be? Right now in the season that I'm in um, is not worrying about tomorrow. That's like something that's big for me is like not worrying a lot about what the future holds and being sure to be in the present today and living in today. Um, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities when we focus too much on what's going to happen tomorrow. If I do this today, like, um, or missed opportunities because we're, we're scared to kind of move forward. We're like, I don't know if I do this, what if I fail? You know, what if I fall? And you get scared. So I'm always like, stop worrying about tomorrow. Focus on what's happening in your life today. Focus on the things right now that you can control. Everything else will fall into place. It's good to plan ahead. Don't get me wrong. I definitely think it's good to plan ahead as well, but don't get lost in future plans that you forget to live in what's going on today. That's it for the wrap up. We're so grateful for the many guests who shared their experiences, stories, and successes with us throughout this year. And we look forward to a new year with you here on the Real Voices podcast.